Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on August 14th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. And just a quick note, due to a slight issue with the recording from this week, we join the service partway through the opening song rather than at the usual initial welcome. please and hopefully after that song we have a sense of God's goodness in our bodies as well as our our minds and senses and we come before a God who desires to bless us as we come before God in our confession so trusting in God's forgiveness let us all now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world Come home to yourselves and to each other. And may all that is unfree in you be be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen.
Gospel reading is taken from John chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up to the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for all these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled. Praise to you, O Christ. Good morning, everybody. I've heard so many great things about this congregation from my friend Hannah and from Pal um, and Colin, and it's just lovely to be here with you today. It has surpassed my expectations already. It really is fantastic. Um, and it's been great over the last wee while meeting up with Ian since he came into post um, and then meeting so many of you through uh, the well and the creative writing group and the book group as well. Um, on December the 1st, 1965, Rosa Parks bravely refused to give up her seat to a white passenger on a Montgomery City bus. This act lit the touch paper of a movement that continues to this day to secure justice for black Americans. A few days after Rosa Parks' defiant act, a mass meeting was held to discuss the organization of a boycott of Montgomery buses. Martin Luther King Jr., only a young minister at the time, offered up the basement of his church for the organizers to meet in before the rally. Here they voted on the name of their organization and also voted for a president. To King's surprise, probably because he was not well known and had initially been reluctant to support the boycott, he was elected. The rally was scheduled for seven o'clock and it was now six. King rushed home to tell his wife the news and to write a speech. It normally took him 15 hours to write a sermon. For his first political address, he had 20 minutes to prepare. He says in his autobiography that he wasted five of those 20 minutes having a panic attack. <laughs> Given the scale of the struggle he faced, King's reaction to such responsibility is something we can all relate to. When the scale of injustice becomes plain to us and we understand our responsibility in addressing it, how can we not waver? 
Today in Scotland, the scale of the problems in our society seems so vast. To us, it is difficult to see how we can affect change. It feels that every day brings a new person wrapped in a sleeping bag in the entrance to a shop along Leith Walk or Duke Street. The Homelessness Monitor Support uh, Report for Scotland, published by Crisis last September, states that statutory homelessness has been rising. The number of households assessed as legally homeless has grown by 10% in the previous four years. While the first year of the pandemic saw year-on-year -year fall, the number of households in temporary accommodation has risen. Once at a stable high of 10 to 11 thousands, in March 2021, the numbers in temporary accommodation stood at over 13,000, well above the previous peak. These kind of numbers will not surprise any of you, located as we are so close to the hostels and B&Bs around the links that are used as temporary accommodation. Often the quality of this accommodation can be poor, further compounding the situation that may have led to homelessness in the first place. Even more localised injustices can appear insurmountable. In the high-rise flats at Cables Wind, statistically the most deprived place in Edinburgh, situated not far from here, residents are ignored while the banisters in their stairwells corrode to such a degree that parents refuse to allow their children to walk down them. Damp pervades many of the flats in the building. An investigative report by BBC Disclosure looked into similar problems in Morden and Muirhouse, discovering systemic failures to deal with damp in high-rises in the city. Residents in Cableswine tell us they suspect damp and general poor state of the building contributes to their health conditions, and many tell us their experience, experience feelings of, of despair as a result. This is the context for Inspiring Leaf, the project that Hannah and I work on. Maybe more importantly, it is the context that you as a congregation worship. In our Old Testament reading today, Ezekiel faces up to the reality of the predicament of his people. The Israelites are in exile in Babylon. They have been carried away from their home by the greatest enemy, far from the temple in Jerusalem. They are a people without hope, without dignity or identity. They are people in need of a new vision, and God will not disappoint. But who will deliver this vision of prophecy, condemnation, and new hope? Throughout the Old Testament, the prophets are reluctant to accept God's calling. Isaiah admits that he is a man of unclean lips. Amos denies he is a prophet at all, instead describing himself as a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs, whatever that is. <laughs> Ezekiel is no different, a priest in exile, mourning all that has been lost and all that has, is being lost as his people turn away from God and the subsequent social problems that arise as a result. And who can blame them? Their reluctance is completely understandable. God speaks plainly to Ezekiel later. But the house of Israel will not listen to you, for they will not listen to me, because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. So then the outcome is assured, our heroes ill-equipped. It is not through any skill or personal attribute of Ezekiel that the situation of the Israelites is addressed. As the Jesuit, Daniel Berrigan remarks, he is not like the others. Let this be insisted on. The hand that lies heavy on him, God's hand, creates a difference in him, a difference that draws him out like a blade. Unlike the others, his effective life, 
His passions, his heart, his mind are blessed, focused and put to a vocation of note. He is transformed by the word entrusted to him. He becomes skilled and courageous in view of and in speaking that word. God does not, kill the, God does not call the skilled orator those who are strong or clever. He calls those who are willing to bring who they are and equips them at their time of need as they walk in faith to meet the challenges of their time. Like Martin Luther King before giving his inaugural speech, we are all reluctant prophets because as Christians, we hover between the horror of the world that throws into sharp relief our inadequacy to address its injustice and the hope we have in Christ that compels us, despite this knowledge, to reach out in prayer and action. It is this willingness to engage with the community and the issues within it that has so impressed me about this congregation. As you step out to meet the challenges around Leith, God will continue to rest, resource and equip you as he did Ezekiel. This has certainly been Hannah and my experience as we work in the community. Reflecting on our work over the years, as well as drawing on learning from across the Link Up program that Inspiring Leith is part of, Hannah has identified three components that are hallmarks of our work. These are relationships, focusing on capabilities, and openness. Taking time to build trust and allowing people to lead can go a long way to solve the deep-seated problems. According to sociologist Hilary Cottom, to solve today's problems, we need collaboration. We need to be part of the change and we need systems that include all of us. And to do this, we need to start in people's lives. We need to stand in communities and understand both the problems and the possibilities from this everyday perspective. Hannah and I have been afforded the time to get to know Leith, its people, strengths and problems and what makes it unique. Understanding why it's Leith, no Edinburgh, makes all the difference. We support people to start groups and activities they wish to create, and through this, we enable them to form new friendships. We also offer flexible and more intensive support one-to-one. -one. Critically, we are trusted to take time to get to know people, and we know that if things are tough, we will receive support rather than blame. Our way of working focuses on developing strengths and capabilities. While we were getting to know people, we tried to see what they're already good at. As people start groups with others based around these skills and interests, they often get a lot out of learning and practicing a craft or skill together. The focus isn't on problems, although we always have a deep awareness of what participants might be facing. It's on fun and building on the strengths that are already there. Being open to new solutions and a variety of different people, rather than being rationed or narrowly targeted at specific issues, creates more opportunities for people to form connections and to help each other. The worker's role being to help make connections and assure no one is left out. In LinkUp, we find openness not only builds opportunities for exchanging ideas and skills, but also really suits those who can't engage with the traditional models of help on offer especially for their mental health. It feels natural and normal rather than stigmatizing and targeting at people's deficiencies. 
And so sometimes our role is as simple as introducing neighbours who wouldn't have otherwise met, creating more trust and connection in a community for others it is regular one-to-one support. It's wonderful when groups go well and people find their potential, take leading roles, build on their interests and make friends. The confidence and self-esteem that come from using skills and making friends enables people to take huge steps forward. And we have the privilege of witnessing the great strength and courage of people overcoming the massive obstacles in their lives and communities together. These are powerful components with which to undertake action in our communities. I believe we can see some of these components in John 6 and the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The people are hungry and the boy brings the little he has to meet that need. The solution comes from within the community and there's an openness to accept help from the unlikely source of a child. The crowd are told by Jesus to sit down. They can now focus on each other as they eat, talk and make new friendships. God's blessing rests on the food and the gathering and from it comes abundance. I'm so pleased that this congregation has joined with Inspiring Leaf and Safer by Sound to support the monthly music evening. With your help, Graham lives out his dream of becoming Roy Orbison. Sadie got to share through the medium of dance the strangeness of her experience of having an epileptic seizure, and John gets to share his cheeky poems. The manner in which this congregation have joined in this evening as equal partners rather than benefactors has been key. At the event, we are simply a community giving and receiving as needed. Whether that is Robert with his amazing guitar playing, or Beth and Lorna with their hospitality, or Stuart with his practical support, without which the evening couldn't happen at all, or Sally and Hugh for sharing their creative skills, all these gifts help make the community what it is. The creative writing sessions that Judith facilitated over the summer enabled 12 people to share their experiences of Leith, some of which are now under consideration for inclusion in an anthology of Leith writing. In our book group, the generosity of spirit in which Jamie contributes to the discussion enriches the groups as a whole, bringing insight, fun and laughter. The work of this congregation alongside Inspiring Leith within this community has already borne much fruit. Our work in Cableswind House too is gaining momentum with the fantastic residents leading on the change that they want to see. There are qu quarterly meetings now with the council and police to hold them to account and a fun day is being planned for September. Most recently, Hannah's Conversation Club allows people looking to practice their English to come together with others, make connections and have fun. Hannah is still looking for local people to come along to this. There's a flyer at the back of uh, the different groups that we have that you can pick up on the way out. When we bring the gifts we have, as inadequate as they might seem, and work boldly in God's strength, incredible things can and do happen. People are free to express themselves, to come up with their own solutions. Seemingly irreconcilable divides can be crossed. These are the signs and wonders of our time that bring hope to the communities around us and it's been a joy to partner with you to do just that for the glory of God. Jean and David both work in the community garden that we support in Citadel Court. Both are in their late 50s and are dedicated to seeing a once disused space transformed into a safe and beautiful garden for their community. 
When she was young, Jean enlisted in the British Army, eventually taking a position in the military police. She was deployed in Northern Ireland in the late 60s and early 70s, right at the beginning of the Troubles. On the other hand, David grew up on a Catholic estate in East Belfast. At that time, his family contained active members of the Republican paramilitary organizations. While working in the garden, we got to know their backgrounds and they became aware of each other's past and their very different political stances. I was privileged to overhear them make reference to it once. David sheepishly said to Jean, did I throw stones at you in the 70s? She replied with a wry smile, I think so. They then both picked up some tools and went to turn the compost together. Amen. Thank you, Colin, both for the encouraging words, but also the challenge. Um, I spoke last week about the words that we sing about in church and we reflect on and actually needing to make them flesh and the word made flesh in the community and I think that's what you do uh, Colin and, and Hannah and um, hopefully we can continue to work in partnership but also learn from you about how we might uh, best serve Leith so if we could just pray for Colin and Hannah and inspiring Leith and the work that they do now before Pal comes up and leads us uh, in our general prayers. So let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for Colin. We thank you for him sharing the inspiring message today. And we pray for Hannah as well and all who work for inspiring Leith and Bethany and building bridges, all those people working in the community. We ask that you'd continue to bless their work and that we, uh, as a community as well, may work in partnership and use the gifts that we have for the benefit of those, not just within our community, but those outside. Amen. So we come to our prayers and continue from what uh, Ian's been praying. Um, at the end of each section, I'll just uh, say, Jesus, bread of life. And you just finished by saying, reply, feed us. Jesus, bread of life feed us. As we think of the Leith community and especially the refugees from Ukraine that are here and arriving here to the Leith harbour, to the docks, to the cruise ship that's going to be here, that is already here, Let's pray for the churches in Leith and in Edinburgh who seek to uh, support them, to come alongside them. Let's give thanks to God for all those who will be coming here, those who will be housed here. Let's pray that there will be a welcome 
for each and every one of them for the contribution that they will bring to Edinburgh. Let's pray for the residents of Cable's Wine House that Colin mentioned. For the support that they're needing, which is rightly theirs in terms of the housing rights, some of the challenges that they're facing, the conditions in those properties, in those flats. Let's pray alongside with Colin and Hannah that those residents will be strengthened as they challenge the powers around them and for good relationships with decision makers to bring about change in that place. Let's continue to pray for Colin and Hannah as they reach out into the community. as they begin to identify those particular groups and they start with not what is wrong but what is strong in those individuals in all those communities as they bring them together. For the many talents that are yet to be uncovered, for the potential that there is within each human being, there are thousands of people here in Edinburgh who are created in the image of God. Jesus, bread of life, feed us. Let us pray for those in our communities who are struggling on low income, especially with the rise of living at this moment for the single mothers, to those who are alone, the individuals facing um, and battling addictions, the homeless. Let's pray and give thanks to God for those who are supporting them, like the Cyrenians, Bethany, social by for the food banks that are here and those that work there, the volunteers in the churches. We give thanks to God for them. Jesus, bread of life, feed us. Let us pray for our families, our friends, And in your hearts and in your mind, remember them and bring them before God. Give thanks to God for them. And pray for their needs. Maybe a particular person that comes to mind at this moment and the situation that they might be facing. In Christ's name, may they be blessed with love and peace.
and free from all suffering. May they know God's shanti, shalom, his hand upon each and every one of them. Salam. Salam alaikum. Peace be upon you. Peace to your body, your mind, and your spirit, your homes, your families, your friends. Jesus, bread of life, feed us. After you've received communion in a few minutes' time, there's an option for those who want to to be able to go up straight after that uh, to the table that's here at the top. And uh, there are a number of options there, things that you could do. One of the things is that there's some uh, fruit salad there, lots of different types of fruit. And uh, as we think of the, di di the diversity that there is here in Leith and in Edinburgh, um, there's so much to give thanks to God for the flavor that each of those communities bring to us. Uh, so much for us to be grateful. Um, wouldn't it be boring if the world was just full of apples and nothing else? <laughs> There's so much for us to appreciate. But also that those communities, not only what they bring, but also to be able to pray that we will be bringing something of God's sweetness and joy and hope into their lives as well. And uh, as you take a piece of fruit, uh, to just remember that in that way. Um, on this side, there's some, uh, a bowl with some stones in it. Maybe to take a stone and in your own heart to let go of some of those things, uh, maybe that are causing you some pain and stress or worry at this moment and you need God's peace and just to let go of those things. But also, like that little boy, um, just with the fish and the loaves, was able just to let them go out of his hand into God's hand. And so whatever talent, gifts, and abilities, however small they may be, to say, Lord, I just let go of them. And would you use them and multiply them individually for us also as a community here as St. James? Also, you'll find some tea lights there, and you may want to just take a tea light and light it from one of the other candles and place it on the tile cross that's there. And as you do so, just to pray for God's light and love to come into this community here in Leith, in Edinburgh, and for God's love, for people to know it and to experience it among us. And also for your family or friends at this time who may just need some guidance, who are unsure about the future and need to make some decisions. And they need some wisdom and they're uncertain. Light a candle and pray that they will be guided in the right path in the way ahead. Uh, as I say, those things are optional. If you want to do them, you can do so once you receive communion. Thank you, Ian. Praise and thanksgiving be to you, God of all. 
For by the cross eternal life is ours, and death is swallowed up in victory. In the first light of Easter, glory broke from the tomb and changed the women's sorrow into joy. And from the garden, the mystery dawned that he whom they had loved and lost is with us now in every place forever. And making himself known in the breaking of the bread, speaking peace to fearful disciples, welcoming weary fishermen on the shore, he renewed the promise of his presence and of new birth in the Spirit who sets the seal of freedom on your sons and daughters. And before he was given up to suffering and death, recalling the night of Israel's release, the night in which slaves walked free at supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. And after supper he took the cup, he offered you thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all, that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me.
Loving God, we thank you for children and young people who've had such a hard time recently with COVID and all other anxieties and their parents as well. And we pray for them as they go back, especially those who are particularly anxious about going back to school. We just ask for your blessing upon them and we pray for the teachers as well and for all the school communities in our city and beyond. Amen. As you go forth from this place, may the wind of the Spirit startle your senses and blow through your life. May the fire of the Spirit scorch your complacency and light your way. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Amen.